You feel that shiver up your spine? It's me, I did it. That's what Creeptober is all about. You're listening to The Documenteers, the best damn podcast about documentaries. And I am the often host, Bob Sham, and to everyone's relief, this episode is not about people getting fucked by horses. We get into the cryptid realm as we near closer to Halloween, and Ginger joins me to discuss a doc about that wild and wonderful winged wonder from West Virginia that wants to fuck your car. That's my theory, anyway. The Mothman just wants to fuck your car. We tackle Seth Breedlove's 2017 flick, The Mothman of Point Pleasant. And this could prompt Ginger and I to discuss cryptid docs more in the future, and I'm excited about it. Next week on the show, Angela is back with me, and we go back to the old times. Early 20s Sweden, to be exact, and another silent film that breaks down the history of witchcraft in Europe specifically. And it's actually kind of cool, and there's a few versions of it you can watch for free on YouTube. This is our first silent film since Nanook of the North. While Nanook is often considered the first documentary, there's some debate as to whether this one is actually technically the first documentary. A lot of reenactments in it. Angela was actually very familiar with this film, and it was my first time with it, and I was definitely gaped by it. We talk about Benjamin Christensen's silent documentary, yeah, documentary, Haxon, Witchcraft Through the Ages, and it's informative in a humorously stilted 1920s sort of way. You'll have to watch it to know what I'm talking about, or listen to us talk about it next week. Next week, right here on The Documenteers. Some shit you hear in this song clips and such are things like, uh, well, you hear a Mothman, a, a, a clip from a Mothman song that we play multiple times. It's called The Mothman Song, and it is, it is by a guy named The Paranormal Song Warrior. That's a YouTube channel where a guy sings all these songs about paranormal shit. And I thought it was it's dorky, but it's kind of silly and fun at the same time. And then we hear things like uh, a clip from the song Men in Black by Will Smith. God, you know, I remember when that song was just inescapable. And this is probably the first time I've heard it in like 20 years. Boy, it's a lame-ass song. Also, we hear like the Jeopardy theme. And we hear uh, Linger by the Cranberries, Rest in Peace, Irish girl who died. And (laughs) we hear some banjo playing by a guy named Billy Cheatwood. Your name is Billy Cheatwood. You, you're required to play the the banjo. com for more on us and how to get a hold of us. Give us five stars and a review on places like Apple Podcasts. And I won't shit or piss in your mailbox, but I will give you the choice between the shit or the piss. And I think that's it. Is this like one of the more the shorter intros? I like it. Let's get into this film. The Mothman of Point Pleasant by Seth Breedlove. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. This might seem like just another folktale. It begins like so many rural legends. A car full of kids on a country road as they encounter something frightening and unexplainable. 
But unlike stories told to children to keep them inside after dark, this particular encounter was real. Ginger, welcome. It's creeped over. Are you creeped out? I'm really creeped out. Like really, really creeped out. Oh, I shit my pants. I know. I know. I'm Believe not, me. I know. I'm not going to get up and change either. And you got to live with that. I can live with that. That smell though. It will linger. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have to let it linger? Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Just, just checking. Um, all month long, we've talked about all kinds of fun stuff so far. Uh, you haven't heard it yet because we record way ahead of time. Mm-hmm. But we talked about the halls of power. Uh, last week's episode, probably our most controversial. You haven't heard it yet. It's about horse fucking. Okay. And so it's like a lot of creepy, weird, ooky shit out here. Yeah. Well, let's put the pedals on it, especially since last week's episode. And let's get back to the cryptid side of things. The the traditionally creepy kind of documentaries that you would usually watch around Halloween time. And we're talking about one of my favorite folkloric things out there. The Mothman. Believe, believe, yes you can. Believe in the power. The Mothman. The Mothman. In this film, The Mothman of Point Pleasant by Seth Breedlove, which he released about a couple years ago. We almost did this last year, but I think, I can't remember why, but we moved on to something else. Yeah, this is a story of The Mothman. Believe in the power of The Mothman. In the area of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which is in the Ohio Valley, right by the Ohio River. Ohio River essentially functions as a border point for a town right next to it, Canaga, Ohio. So the, mm. there's a bridge that connects it there. And in Point Pleasant, in this area, there have been sightings, especially within an hour surrounding. Actually, there's apparently weird shit reported all over fucking West Virginia. And, but this one is particularly about the Mothman of Point Pleasant. Throughout the 60s, people saw some wild, crazy shit. You believe in Mothman? Man. I believe in the power of the Mothman. It Mothman. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yep. Yeah. What do you do? You have any theories on what the Mothman might have been? I think that there is a theory that it may be a sandhill crane that either has been mutated by some of the toxic waste that we will discuss. Yeah. At some point um, today, um, or. Just a regular old sandhill crane that people just had not seen before and it shocked them. Or that maybe it's just a half bird, half man. Yeah. Just looking for friends. He's just looking for friends and for understanding. I know cranes are migratory too. So if you're not like out in the nature that much, you may not see them as much. And they're nocturnal apparently. So you may only see them at night for the most part. We hear stories of red eyes and Mm. obviously light will refract from eyes. Like if you... If a deer runs out into the street and it looks right at your headlights, 
it looks like glowy eyes like yeah. poking right back at you and you know camera basic cameras can capture that as well it's hard for me to uh, there were some stories that we heard in here there was one where they were like someone reported five large birds in a tree that and people are like throwing out numbers on what wingspans should be or probably are and it's like oh, i have a feeling these have gone up a foot or two yeah over over the years and i understand that you know when you got a good story you know that's the kind of the fun of a good story you kind of pad it a little bit two feet becomes 20 feet but i imagine uh large birds in a tree are probably buzzards vultures those tend to be uh around here like the biggest types of birds we get and yeah. sometimes you'll you'll just notice one it'll be like that's a big fucking vulture you know and you know the sandhill crane is like five to six feet tall it's got a 10-foot wingspan. It's got red markings around its eyes. Yeah. So if you see that, you're not used to seeing it before. They're known to follow cars uh, as the cars go drive. They're known to drive cars sometimes. <laughs> Could it be something that we'll never... Maybe it's something different, but we'll never truly know. But these cranes, could it have been a fucking big fucking crane? Maybe. But I kind of think it might be just an... A man, bird, moth, man. Like I said, looking for a friend, looking for some understanding, some communication. Last week was all about interspecies relations. Uh-huh. So maybe I shouldn't roll out my theory that a human and a crane made love and birthed something. Something beautiful. Some, yeah, something that is definitely <laughs> beautiful. But cranes, they have necks. Have big long necks. Yeah, and you know the illustrations, which in this documentary we get lots of illustrations and animated reenactments, which I really enjoyed personally. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the illustrations were like of this weirdly shaped thing with like where it looked like those wings are coming out of its head, kind of like you know Grimace, the character Grimace, the McDonald's character. Yeah, he's kind of like rounded, sort of. It's like Grimace with like wings coming out of his yeah, kind of head, no neck or maybe anything. Maybe like a but where Grimace is pear shaped, maybe like upside down. Yeah, upside down Grimace with wings coming out of its head. The most interesting depictions were ones where you get like the silhouettes, where you get the eyes and the wings. Yeah, and not a lot of detail on what's going on in there. Right. Everyone reports a lot of this at night. Mm-hmm. Nocturnal cranes. Oh, and um, that's our band name, by the way, Nocturnal no- Cranes. Hell yeah. Yeah. But we'd also would see images of people that seemed like they were little, literally trying to draw a moth man like it was a He-Man character. <laughs> and yeah. we don't know what this is. We can only speculate. But I don't think it looked like that. It could have, Bobby. It could have. We get some reenactments, and I actually like this, which looked like it was side bi- bits from video games in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. But they kind of did have a nice eerie effect to it. Like it I weirdly it. worked. Yeah, what are your what is your general kind of view on reenactments? Like whether it's animated or live action or whatever. I don't mind reenactments. We've been getting a lot of those lately and um there's actually we'll be dealing with a lot of reenactments this month actually cuz as you talk about creepy speculative shit, those tend to lend itself towards reenactments. Sure, yeah. Cuz obviously th- this uh Seth Breedlove does not interview the Mothman in this one. <laughs> I wish he did. Sure would have been great. Yeah. That's always the rub with these kind of movies. It's like, if they literally found something, you would have heard about it long before mm-hmm. this film had come out. I often kind of scoff at a lot of these. Yeah. In terms of, I, I obviously can't expect them to have a full revelation as to what things are. 
and I have an interest in things like Mothman and Bigfoot and all that fun stuff. I think that's really enjoyable. Me too, totally. I, I do find that a lot of films around that stuff are kind of what the French would say shitty. Yeah, shitty. Yeah, they're like, uh, especially the UFO stuff. There's a lot of like, let's just throw everything in it. And I think with the Mothman, just calling him the Mothman kind of fucks it up a little bit because yeah. it bends people's ideas on what it could be. And with like a UFO, it's often that is like aliens. And it's like, well, we don't, we they're just things in the sky that we don't know. And we have recently had acknowledgement by the government saying that, yeah, there's shit in the skies that we don't, we don't understand. Yeah. And this documentary actually touches on UFOs and men in black and, you know, other alien type creatures and encounters in addition to the Mothman that I found really interesting. And also, side note, Seth Breedlove has a company, like a production company called Small Town Monsters, and they have a film series like this one about Bigfoot, about UFOs, about Champy, the Lake uh, Champlain. Yeah, yeah, from monster. Canada, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, various other creatures, which I'm very interested in now. Does he have one on the five-dicked pig? If he doesn't, then he should. Yeah. We should write him him a letter. Get on the five-dicked pig of Paducah, (laughs) please. We call him Charles. I saw it. I swear (laughs) to God, I saw it. And also, speaking of the Mothman, which we are talking about, oh my God. um, Have you seen the movie Mothman Prophecies? Prophecies, Yes, I have. It's been a while, but yes, I've seen it. I watched it for the first time last night. I'd never seen it before. Did you like it? Um... I recall it being all right. It was okay. It had some creepiness to it. Um, as we know, it has Richard Tiffany Gear. Yeah, in that, it. Is that his middle name? Yeah, it really is. Oh, cool. It really is. Um, and Laura Linney and uh, Deborah Messing. Oh, and Deb- it, you know, Deborah it kind Messing. of pulls from some of these like stories that we hear in this documentary. It's not like a true like following of the accounts that we're hearing it's like a dramatization it, of course yeah yeah but yeah, it, was, it was okay it and okay. mothman prophecies all culminates into the silver bridge disaster yes which they seem to it always seems like the connection between the mothman stuff and that is very tenuous to me yeah i think kind of they're just like oh there's a bunch of reported sightings leading up to it and then this bad thing happened but kind of like you know, if we kind of go back to the beginning of how they're kind of setting us all up, um, the documentary kind of explains how this town was kind of plagued by all these disasters as a result of what they think is like a curse. Yeah. Laid well, upon them. By the Shawnee Chief Cornstalk, who had died. He and some relatives had gotten shot over a, a, a land dispute with settlers. Settlers were like, we want this that isn't ours. And he was like, what? And then they shot him, and then he cursed the whole, they say he cursed the whole town of Point Pleasant and all of West Virginia. With his dying breath. We meet a descendant, Lynn Fawn, who um, states how everything now is just being blamed on Cornstalk. They just ran with it. They told it to their daughter, and their daughter told it to her son, and it just, and by the time it escalated and escalated, he was responsible for everything that went wrong in the whole state. No one blames the murderous uh, people who just wanted to take land. Right, they gotta, yeah. It's that damn cornstalk did it. (laughs) We also meet Jeff Wamsley. He's the Mothman Museum curator, Mm -hmm. and he looks exactly like the kind of guy that would curate a Mothman museum. Totally, yeah, and we see him throughout. He kind of talks about 
different aspects of these sightings and what has happened with the town, the area throughout the years and everything. How many Yes records on vinyl do you think he owns? All of them. Probably. Yeah. Even like the ones from the 80s, he's got like early, like first run prints. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He doesn't listen to them, but he's just that big a fan. He has them on display in the museum and he's like signed in by the Mothman. And I think the thing that sparked the cornstalk thing, particularly in modern times, was that they found a play from 1923 where they told the story of cornstalk. And in that play, cornstalk curses the land. And there you go. We've, they've been having so-called Birdman sightings since 1913. We get um, descriptions of bird-like people, moth-like people, bat-like people. This film actually touches base on like a lot of varieties of cryptid and uh, unexplained sightings, from UFO to multiple cryptids, it seems to touch base on. Not mm-hmm. Mothman. But since 1913, they've seen this shit. And of course, since they found that play and got to... Uh, modernize the cornstalk mythology as a curse on the land then you can do things like reference that when the ohio valley floods like crazy in 1937 right but it's in the 1960s when new sightings just start ramping up big time and we hear a story about grave diggers they see a flying man these grave diggers about an hour outside of point pleasant and it's one of the early reports where they see a flying man with red eyes. There's also a thing called the Flatwood Monster, which is a totally different thing. Yeah, there's also they, they did a film about that too, the the Small Town Monsters production company. So we should watch that one. This will be this seems like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh the Flatwood Monster looks like a like a Pokemon that was too scary for the kids. <laughs> it didn't make the cut. We get one of those video game style animation ones, which we love. We love yeah. how dark they are. Did you ever play Silent Hill for the PlayStation? Yes. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, you're right. It, it kind of does. Yeah, so this one was a really interesting. This is kind of the first time we're seeing this reenactment, I think. Here, a man named Merle Partridge, and his voiceover kind of accompanies his animation. And he talks about how one night he's in his home and he hears like a weird high-pitched screaming outside of his house and his dog is barking and he goes out on the porch and the dog runs off into a field towards like this pump house he has in his field and the dog disappears stops barking and then he starts seeing like these weird twirling red lights that he put him kind of in mind of a helicopter but without the noise of one and then he eventually just goes back inside because his dog won't come back in and they never see the dog again yeah creepy and a lot of these stories we hear because um a lot of uh stuff has been recorded by reporters that we'll discuss later and the author of the original mothman prophecies book we get these animations which actually work now they build this huge munitions plant and in the 40s and it only functioned through um the u.s's time in world war ii pretty much and they describe this thing is hundreds of yards huge. And there's like a like munition. 8,000 acres. Yeah, that's wild. This thing yeah. is that fucking big. But in 1945, it shuts down. There's like no use for it. For It will pump out all these munitions. And then just to build something so fucking huge, only to just a few years later be like, eh, I guess <laughs> we won't do anything with it. Yeah, the state turns it over. Well, it gets turned over to the state as a wildlife reserve or wildlife kind of management hub yeah. or something because they had been dumping uh, shit into the river so naturally it's a great environment for all that wildlife 
and for teenagers to go drag race and make out. Apparently. Yeah, and I, if I was growing up in Point Pleasant at this time, I'd definitely be rolling up in the munitions oh, factory. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, we hear a story of some teens who uh, they drive by the plant and they talk about a figure with folded wings following them, pacing them as they drive down the street. Red eyes. We get the red eyes and they turn down Route 22 and the thing is still following them. They talked about this thing, how it would disappear for a few minutes and then return. And that must, it just seems like Mothman's pranking like, hey, what's up? He's trolling them. He sees the headlights and he's like, oh, you got big beamy eyes like I do. <laughs> Can we be friends? Maybe yeah. he's trying to mate with the car. I'm telling you, that's what he wanted. Here's the thing about all these. There's nothing to me that convinces me that these things are bad. Right. I know. Me too. I agree. And even we, we even hear some people kind of talk about that. Their encounters are more like feeling like exactly that. Like maybe he's trying to communicate with me. He seems sad. So Bobby, I want you to draw a comic called Mothman Makes a Friend yeah. and give him a little friend. Chupacabra, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think make them best friends. It'll be happy. Cryptid buddies. <laughs> yeah. So of course in West Virginia, what do people do when they hear about a flying thing uh, harassing a moving car? Uh, you mob up and you head to the plant, uh, but with dozens and dozens <laughs> of people with guns. Yeah. There was only two questions they wanted to know. Number one, are we allowed to shoot it? Number two, if there's more than one, can we shoot two? And we hear a story about from a Woodrow Derenberger. Now, this is an interesting story. Yeah. I gotta like throw up a few. I'm not sure what people see, but I don't doubt that people see these things, you know. I'm not sure how they're processing what they're looking at. And I could under I could even believe that this is something that is relatively unknown in terms of what we understand about biology or nature. Mm -hmm. But Woodrow's story sounds like he might need to go talk to somebody. Or take a long nap. Or yeah. Uh, he says a UFO lands on a road. There's also tons of UFO sightings during this time. Mm -hmm. And a, a telepathic being steps out by the name of Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold. Okay, yeah. I couldn't really make out what they were saying. And I'll, I will say the Mothman Prophecies movie, there's a lot of this character, you know, used in that movie. Hmm. But they don't really go into it a ton in this documentary. But I did think this was very interesting. So please proceed. Yeah, Indrid Cold communicates with them telepathically. And what does he look like, Bobby? Well, I can't remember what they said. Like, it looks like black silhouettes, but a woman also has a similar description. She sees a UFO land and two men come out and they just ask her questions. There's nothing that seems malicious about this. Just incredibly like, what the fuck is going on? And um, she called him the grinning man. So yeah. you just assume it's like this weird, like you hear about black eyed children or like men in black who have this weird uncanny valley qualities that people describe about them and you just imagine somebody like pretending to be human like <laughs> bobby's making a very scary grin grin grimace face right now you stop uh, it <laughs> you know <I'm> hiding. <laughs> where the munitions plant oh. is yeah and the illustration of this uh grinning man is like this kind of egg-shaped UFO sitting in the road and like this silhouette of a man with like a weird grinning face, much like what Bobby was just doing. You know, the 
person and it's very creepy i guess they use the telepathy to keep the people from just freaking the fuck out and running away i guess so we talked to a reporter named dave payton from out of huntington and he said that there were so many ufo sightings at this time that the paper had its own assignment desk just to field reports of ufos and mothman sightings Mm -hmm. and we uh talked to a lady i think her name i think she's not with us anymore marcella bennett yeah they play her in reverb quite a bit (laughs) which she sounds like she's talking from a can or from a cave or like if she's actually talking to us from the beyond (laughs) yeah it was a really interesting effect i'm calling from heaven (laughs) talks about how they see a winged bird creature um with her brother and her daughter and she gets so scared that she freezes and she falls atop her daughter but her brother eventually gets her into the house and the thing starts hitting the door and she says this thing that is interesting where she goes i could i couldn't grasp what i saw i knew it was nothing from this earth i knew that the creature whatever it was didn't live here yeah <laughs> are we sure that these people aren't uh, meeting black people for the first time and don't <laughs> i don't know because yeah it's <laughs> i guess it's always a a possibility. It's very strange because it seems like if this thing wanted to fuck with her. It very easily could have. Yeah. Yeah. It's just prankish. It's like kids on Halloween, right? hmm And uh, we talked to Bob Bosworth. This is one of the most bravest Mothman stories we've heard. He and his homie on a motorcycle uh, get their motor running, heading out on the highway, and they go by the uh, munitions plant, the old munitions plant, and they see red eyes on top of a building. And what do they do then? Well, let's go in the building. Let's yeah, see what it is. Let's just walk up in there. And, and very interesting story. They they stop. They walk in and they just walk up and check it out. And then they, they describe a thing that was tall. That was pretty much in the shadows. They said it didn't reflect because light wasn't hitting it. But they could see its silhouette shuffling around. And they could see big wings, essentially. And it stayed in the shadows. And it was shaped like folded bird wings. No neck, which is makes it different from a crane thing. But cranes right. can kind of like bend down, right? Yeah, like like... squish their neck down maybe. Yeah. How yeah. do they sleep? Do they kind of tuck their heads in or something? Probably very adorably like that, yeah. And then they this thing just turns and steps off of a catwalk into the dark and they hear the sound of wings. I like to think that I would have done what these guys would have done. Just stood there and watched? Or at least be like... What the fuck is that? Yeah. I got to go understand what the fuck it is. Yeah. At least they weren't like guns in hand like, we got to take it down. Like some of these people are like, let's let's shoot it. Can we shoot it? Can we shoot it twice? (laughs) They just seem like genuinely curious. Yeah. And they're so lost that they're like riding on the road in their motorcycles without the lights on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what kind of men they are. Yeah. Let's do it backwards, bro. (laughs) Let's ride back. Turn the lights off, ride backwards, dude. Multiple sightings of large Birdman, sometimes called large Batman. Mm. Often. Where have I heard that before? Mm, never heard of him. Better copyright that. Mm. We meet one of my favorite interviews, Faye DeWitt. We was just sitting there. We didn't know what to do. We was afraid to move. She's got a great little accent. She talks about how she's riding <laughs> with her brother. And she's talking to her with her brother casually. And her brother's like, uh, <laughs> careful. But look out the passenger side window as we drive down the street. By the way. (laughs) And she turns her head and there is thing red eyes refracting, keeping pace with the vehicle staring at her. 
from the pastor's side. And this, she describes something that, and oh, there apparently there were kids in the backseat too, yeah. so they fucking saw this. The thing jumps on the hood. The dad yells, get on the floor. And then the thing immediately jumped. Mm. They describe it like how it just takes off like straight up in the air like a helicopter. You yeah, and several that. people say that too. And then it just goes up to the top of the TNT building because I guess they happen to have been driving right by that. And then she says her brother gets out, stops, starts throwing coal at it. Yeah, rude. And then it stands up and she's like, That thing's okay, enough's enough. And it stood up. And I thought, oh, he's coming to get us, you know. Now see what you've done. And he jumped back in the car and slammed the door and locked it and hollered at me. Locked the doors. Well, I never did unlock mine in the first place. You're going to get it now. <laughs> then she says, he just opens up the prettiest set of wings you've ever seen on anything. I mean, big wings, big enough to carry you or me or anybody else at least six feet. And then it just proud the prettiest set of wings you ever did see. She compliments the mm-hmm. Mothman. Said he got pretty wings. Many stories, Jeff Wamsley, they followed his car, discussed a mutual curiosity with the thing. Yeah. His story wasn't really racked with fear, just seemed to be very interested. Linda Scarberry, who was one of the original teenagers we discussed earlier, Claimed to see it 16 times mm-hmm. and talked about how she felt sorry for it. Yeah, she's one of the ones that said that it seemed sad, that it wanted to communicate, but maybe couldn't or didn't know how to. Lawrence Gray, he was he's a teacher. He's got an interesting take on it. He said he had some strong opinions yeah. about what he was saying. He talks about how he saw the Mothman beside his bed. He tells a story of... I don't know when his interview was exactly recorded. This was released in 2017. Mm. I kind of did a little bit of math. I could be a little off, but he would have been in his 20s. He said he and his wife were 19. 19, okay. He says he sees it beside the bed, red eyes, and then he pleaded to the blood of Christ. He described this thing as evil, that he had an evil. And this is the first time we get like real religious projection onto it. He calls it the devil, I think. What he made, straight up calls it the, the devil. His story, I struggle with a little bit too. Yeah. Not necessarily because of his religiosity, but like this is the one story where the Mothman is just staring at you in your bed. Mm-hmm. There's only like one of those, you know? Yeah. It seems like anything that is weird, and if anyone has anything in this region, because Mothman is red fucking hot right now. Right. If you got anything wrong, a little bit of delusion, maybe you're tired. You haven't slept. You're half awake. Sleep paralysis. Mm. Sleep paralysis. People mm. see weird shapes standing around them. I've had that. Yeah. If you're in the 60s in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, or in most places in West Virginia, if anything is weird, you're going to attribute it to the Mothman all the time. And I think that's what Lawrence did. I think he had sleep paralysis and he just blamed the fucking Mothman. And he says that as he begins praying and as he continues to pray the mothman like disappears like gradually disappears like dust flying into the air should, should probably pray constantly like thanos with the infinity yeah. gauntlet yeah yeah the west virginia university biologist comes around he's like y'all it's just a big bird just a big bird maybe a crane affected maybe by the chemicals looks kind of weird y'all relax all right i'm going <laughs> back to west virginia university this is when we get like people reporting four large birds and trees. Those are probably just four large birds and trees. And then we meet a Mary Hire, who's the first real 
who writes the first real article of Mothman sightings and is the first person to truly start kind of collecting all of these things. And I feel like they said that she started doing this because her aunt had an encounter where the aunt contracted conjunctivitis after seeing the Mothman. Whoa. And attributing this conjunctivitis to seeing the, the Mothman. And, but she didn't want to come forward and talk about it. So then her niece, Mary, started reporting on it. And then she really kind of becomes like the primary person around this. I wonder how many people this time were blaming their STDs on Mothman. Uh, it, it's the Mothman. <laughs> Mary would work with a man from New York. New who, York City. Who was fascinated with this story. His name is John Kill. These authors and report curators, they never see anything, unfortunately. Ain't that always the rub? It sure is. Let me tell you, ghosts, monsters, Mm. show me. Let me see it. I want to see it. Get in front of me. Show me. Show me. Show me. Mm. I want to see it, please. If you're real, (laughs) haunt me. Haunt me. I dare you to haunt me. Are you ghosts? Are you listening? Dare you to haunt me. He is daring you. I want to. He's standing up on the desk right now. <laughs> Get your shit together and show me your reel. Mm-hmm. Like your movie reel or your film reel? Yeah. <laughs> now, this is interesting. This is different. Pilots from an airfield nearby claim to see a small plane moving erratically. And they describe something. It's just straight up describing it like a giant bird. Yeah. And this is almost... You, do you know about the Thunderbird cryptid sightings there's there's thunderbird sightings of like basically looks like giant fucking birds of prey like bigger than what we usually see i would imagine if you see a california condor for the first time like that'd probably be like holy shit right because that's the biggest on the planet yeah but there have been alleged sightings of pterodactyl like prehistoric looking flying things (gasps) and these have been fairly common throughout history And that's essentially what we get here. Based upon the images that are shown, it alludes not really a necklace mothman, but almost like some kind of pterodactyl or pteranodon or or whatever the fuck. You know what I'm talking about. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. That'd be cool, too. Yeah, if those are real, show me. Mm -hmm. Now, John Keel gets a little paranoid. He's been gathering up a lot of information, and now he feels like he's being followed. And witnesses are getting threatening notes. Yeah, and phone calls and all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. And then we get the men in black, MIB, let's kick it. In black, remember that just in case we have a face to face and make contact. Mary Heyer tells of how she was confronted by a man in black. Actually, we don't get a lot of information on that, just that she was confronted by a man in black and it was scary as shit. Do you think she meant Johnny Cash? And he was just wanting directions to wheeling, yeah. And she was like, Oh my god, oh my god, just perfect fever pitch of paranoia, yeah. And we get more stories of UFOs merging with red eyed flying men. Descriptions of flaming-eyed gargoyles on a man's front lawn. And then we get the Silver Bridge incident. Uh, It's interesting. Like They kind of talk about how things like really ramp up. And then there's a period of time where it kind of calms down. And then it ramps up again up into this incident that Bobby's about to talk about. Tell us about the Silver Bridge incident. Okay, so apparently on December 15th, 1967, 10 days before Christmas, at like 5 p.m., 
the Silver Bridge, which spans this uh, town. Connects and, Point Pleasant and Canaga, Ohio. There you go. Um, it has like a structure breach and collapses and dumps all the cars into the river. And I think 46 people end up dying in this crazy bridge collapse. Pretty wild. Uh, they talked about how there were a lot of semis on the bridge that day, which mm -hmm. wasn't normal. Point Pleasant's in a good location to be like a quaint small town that can survive over time. But I think the 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 big rigs had to reroute. There were just a lot of big trucks on the bridge. And this bridge is only about a little less than 40 years old at this point. Yeah. And yeah, it collapsed. And they described cars and Christmas presents floating in the river. And I think I read that it was like a, like the the initial like little crack that formed was like only like an inch. Yeah. And that just was, was all it took to just make everything just give away. They point out that most of the damage seemed to be more on the Point Pleasant side of the bridge and how on the Ohio side, everything seemed eerily quiet. We get a very w weird rendition of Amazing Grace. While yeah. Lost a girl in my class. Um, went down with her. She was her body was never recovered. Our our mayor, his parents lost his parents. A lot of prominent people went down on that bridge from both towns, and then a lot of people who were in the ultimate wrong place at the wrong time. This is uh well it's showing footage and right yeah. i'm actually kind of scared of bridges a little bit I yeah yeah for that very reason like i always just kind of get nervous or maybe of. have that thought you know our infrastructure needs a re-up and mm. um the bridges the bridges oh that's deep Bobby. and then after that there's not much mention of the mothman again and they no one really directly attributed this incident to the mothman no one said oh and then we saw the mothman sitting on the bridge cables or something nothing like that i think some people tried to associate that and i know john kill kind of puts it all together for the mothman prophecies kind of connecting it but yeah to the credit of the director as well and people from the town it doesn't appear that people really associate these as close together just that maybe there were just a lot of things happening leading up to it. Yeah. It's just a weird place to be in the mid-60s in West Virginia and like so much shit going down. And of course, I'm sure like that munitions plant, the old TNT, all those old chemicals and shit hanging around. Those I wouldn't be surprised if those have had like hallucinatory effects in some way or... Because oh, if yeah. you imagine like... I imagine if I'm tripping out and I encountered like a crane in the dark your brain will take when you're hallucinating especially on lsd or mushrooms your brain will take things that exist and kind of warp them and and you also kind of think everything is kind of revolving around you when you're under those influences mm. and you become very susceptible in that way so things will bend like if you sit by a tree leaves will just look like they're i remember one time it looked like leaves were like trying to hug me like trying to poke out and hug me are you saying you've done drugs Bobby? Uh, once or twice. Oh. 
But yeah, I mean, I think this could affect things as well and be a big factor. That's a that's a great point. Yeah. Turning things that have logical explanations into fantastical events. But I do got to credit the director to, for not trying to cheesily shoo. It's worth telling the Silverbridge story, but I give him credit for not trying to um, cheesily like Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries, all that <laughs> shit together. This right. seemed like a pretty straightforward telling of these stories. In the Absolutely, yeah. And it was actually a lot more well done than a lot of things of this type. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about that bridge, that this stuck out to me, was that one of the ramps that collapsed stayed in the water. Yeah, for a long-ass time. For years. And because they couldn't really move it, I guess maybe there wasn't a lot of money to move it or it wasn't practical to move it. So this relic of, of tragedy. Yeah, morbid reminder. There. John Keel would pass away. Uh, Mary would would pass away like suddenly. Ooh, it's going to storm. Ooh, it's the Mothman. Believe, believe, yes you can. Believe in the power of the Mothman. Uh, John Keel dies in 2009. Uh, There are some strange sightings reported, but after the bridge, the Mothman did fade back a lot. You still get some, but it's not like it was in the 60s. Right. But since that movie came out, Point Pleasant does a little something. A little something, something. Called the Mothman Festival. Which we need to go to. I am so into, I've been very into like kind of small towny kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, Me too. And traveling, like if there's like a dumb festival. Angela and I wanted to go to like a possum festival in Florida one year. <laughs> I think something happened where it canceled. It's always funny because we come from, we're, we live in Nashville and when we travel around to other local places. Nashville is one of these towns where when you tell people you're from there or that you live there, like people do really get kind of interested. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, really? Nashville. I think it's a town where it draws a type of person that's geared for it. But I think also when people show up here, they kind of like it a lot better than they realize they do. Yeah. And then they never move. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't leave. Ever. But it's fun going to these places. Uh, Angela and I want to go to the... This isn't a small thing by any means, but the Iowa State Fair next summer. I would love to go to that, too. And uh, just like the granddaddy of the corn-fed fairs out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the Wilson County Fair recently, and we we just love doing that shit. It's fun. And man, I know if I tell Angela, you want to go to the, the Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant, West Virginia? I think we might try to. Well, we got to look this up. 21st and 22nd is the 18th annual Mothman Festival. Believe me, I have looked this up because I want to go to it. Of maybe, October? Ne- maybe next year. No, it's September. Twenty oh, first and twenty second. It's a Friday and a Saturday. I I'm sure, yeah. But uh I guess it's probably at the same time every year. So we should go next year, maybe. Yeah, I didn't um, realize it'd come up so quick. Yeah. And it's not that far. It's like six hours maybe away from here. Well, yeah, that's not too bad, no. But this festival is the largest annual event in West Virginia. And uh, like I said, they're at their 18th one this year, and it usually brings around 12,000 people. Yes. Next year, you can make a pact. Yeah. We just like did like the whole blood pact just now. We cut our hands and like shook. I cut my hand way too deep. I am am sorry. He just passed out. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. He's still talking, but he's he's passed out. Oh, God. Mothman, save us. Believe in the power of the Mothman. I'm the Mothman. <laughs> I must drink all that blood. Get out of here, Mothman. No one tells stories of Mothman drinking blood, but he loves it. 
He loves a good blood drinking. Yeah, man. Mothman festivals. Yeah. That's pretty much that's pretty much that film. Yeah. Very simple. But I got it. I liked it. I did too. I'll say I liked it. I'll say I liked it too. And I've seen, I haven't seen every cryptid, speculative creature movie documentary out there, but there's a lot of scenes that are very not good. And this yeah. one had a nice objective, but also respected the culture of the environment, the people from the environment, and almost like embraced it too. That without, yeah. without being like this, look at this yokel. Yeah, it wasn't mocking at all. It was actually really, yeah, really respectfully done. Ginger, we don't rate creepy documentaries Mm -mm. in stars. No, we don't. They're not creepy enough. No, not scary enough. Floating Herzog heads, pretty creepy. I'm going to give this one through five Herzogs. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. Mm -hmm. Combine this for best out of ten Herzogs. Combined, like Mothman in a munitions factory, an abandoned munitions factory. Like a man and a moth. Like a moth to a light. <laughs> Moths are so dumb. Mothman doesn't like that. He's coming oh. coming towards you again. I'll take your blood. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this film, The Mothman of Point Pleasant by Seth Breedlove? I enjoyed it. Kind of like for all the reasons we already said. Like I thought it was well done. It was respect- respectfully done. Um, had a lot of good like animated reenactments and illustrations and had a really thorough timeline of events, which I thought was helpful because there was so much going on, like a hundred or so accounts, you know, um, in a short time frame. So that was helpful to me. Um, jam full, for real. Just jam packed. I think I'm going to give it 4.75. Believe, believe, yes you can. Believe in the power of the mother. Man. Wow, you really like I this. really, I really dig because I love this kind of stuff, and I want to see more from these people, too. I don't have much complaints about it. I'm trying to put it all together. I don't know if I'm going to go this high. That's I feel cool, like that's I'm cool, gonna, that's cool. I feel like I'm going to go pretty high for what it is. This clock's in a little over an hour long. It's on Prime. You can watch it there. I know a lot of people have Prime because free shipping for all that slave labor. Slave yep. labor brings free shipping. Can't resist. And <laughs> there's some interesting things about it. I don't know. It seemed like a lot of it was like tacking on things. It didn't seem to have much to do with it. A lot of this movie just seemed to be like, isn't West Virginia kind of weird? <laughs> this beautiful country up there. I love the mountain regions. This isn't really mountains. This is Ohio Valley. It's yeah. like the whole most of the state is mountains. And then you got this part to the west, which is actually fertile ground. And I love these little peak-ins and these little town cultures. And the Mothman's larger than life. And just so out the gate, it's already fascinating enough. I haven't seen all the Mothman documentaries, but this one's got to be the best executed. And I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 3.75. Okay. So you take my 3.75 combined with your 4.75. That is... Eight and a half. Uh huh. <laughs> we always do this. We we suck at this. <laughs> oh, I always edit out how dumb I am. Okay, good. No, you shouldn't. You should keep in just how dumb you are. <laughs> That's what the listeners want to hear. Yeah, we want to hear you fucking stupid <laughs> ass. <laughs> Let's ask the Mothman. He's right behind you still. Mothman, do some math for us. Do some moth math. <laughs> hey man, look, I'm the Mothman. Look, you got three, right? You add that with four. That's seven. 
Good. For yeah. a Mothman, this is very impressive. I am shocked. Now, you got those the, the, the .75s. Y'all went both. So you fucked yourselves up because you went to .75s. <laughs> That's cute. I think it's annoying. I've been listening to the show for a long time. I think it's annoying, but it ain't my show. Anyway, that's another point and a half added on to the seven. So that's 8.5 out of 10 Herzogs. So you, ha- yeah, Bobby, you had it. You had it right. Yeah, I did. You had your moth math correct. Um, oh, I want to say that I did read that they're coming out with a sequel to this. Oh, yeah? Called The Mothman Legacy, I believe. And it's coming out next year, so maybe we'll have to revisit. It's about the Mothman's babies. Yeah, all them babies. Mothman. <laughs> uh, there's a Chicago Mothman that was cited a few years ago. There's been legends about that. Oh, did the, not know that. Alleged picture on a bridge. I mean, it looks very doctored. Like Is real he eating a pizza? Shit. Is he eating a hot dog? He's got he his, eating one of those big, thick casserole-like pizzas. Yeah. But, you know, there's also a Chicago, there's actually two Chicago-style pizzas. Okay. You got the trash lasagna deep dish pizza, which is kind of good every once in a while, but not exactly your, like, go-to weekend pizza. Right. A little heavy. Okay. But also, Chicago-style is also thin Mm. and cut into squares. Well, my mind is blown. And it's good. Frankly, I prefer that one. Okay. That sounds like, you know, I I could be into that. Okay. Which one is the Mothman's favorite? The Chicago Mothman. Mothman which, which pizza does he endorse? Mothman likes it half and half. Half deep dish, half uh, thin crust. Naturally, naturally he would. He's like, just a real fence sitter. Yeah. A real moderate. <laughs> I was about to go on a political rant about moderates. But we're that's not what Creeptober's about this no. time. Mm-mm. I ran it a few weeks ago when we discussed the family. This is about cryptid fun. Mothman, if you're out there, hope you're a fan of the show. We just mm-hmm. met you. Yeah. We love you. I keep forgetting we are doing bits with you. Yeah. He was just literally here, Bobby. And we love you. I love you, dude. <laughs> oh, my oh, he's Man, he, do, he don't mean no harm. No, he doesn't. He just wants to be loved and understood, just like anyone else does. It's like there's a little bit of Mothman inside of all of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He lives on in our hearts. Yeah. And, uh, and on that note, keep on talking. okay enough's enough and it stood up and i thought always oh, come and get us you know now see what you done and he jumped back in the car and slammed the door and locked it hollered at me locking the doors well i never did unlock mine the first place he just opens up the prettiest set of wings you ever seen on anything i mean big wings big enough to carry you or me or anybody else at least six feet